ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. I don't know if you know this, Steve, but it's our number two of Orange Nation. And it's uh, Bruce Springsteen's. Our artist of the day is Brent. We'll be giving away tickets to see the boss. Hates that nickname. He does hate it. I learned that earlier in the week. Um, Bruce Springsteen going to be at the JMA Dome. And you can uh, register at Ticketmaster to get your tickets if you don't win them. Get them before you can get them. That is correct. All right. We are... Uh, Glory days. You like that song? I do. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's kick off hour number two by going to the guest line. Uh, as promised, we're joined now by Tim Leonard, the voice of SU women's basketball and SU men's lacrosse. Uh, Tim, great to have you on. Uh, where in the world are you? Are you uh, you back in Syracuse? No, I'm actually or, driving. I'm in the right. state of Pennsylvania right now, and I'm in the car uh, with uh, Kyle Federley, our guy here. We're heading down for the big game at Maryland. So we got back late last night for basketball, and Turned right around, and we're in the car this morning heading down to Maryland. All right, before we get into the trip to Maryland, let's start with the trip to Tallahassee. And uh, you, you were in Florida last night for third straight ranked opponent for this SU women's team, and uh, third straight game where they were they were right in it, right? I mean, they uh, they were down three going into the fourth quarter. Take us through last night and, uh, and what transpired. Yeah, and really seven straight game, every game against a ranked opponent this season, they've been right in it. Now, unfortunately, their record now is one in six against ranked teams to this point. They had the one win a week ago from yesterday against UNC at home, and they're just in search of kind of one more signature win to get them inside the NCAA tournament field. As we talk here, they're still first four out on the bracketology of it. But as for last night, Another solid third quarter. You're down by seven at the end of the first quarter. You're down by seven at halftime. You come out, you get the offense going a little bit more in the third quarter, and it felt like they were right in it. Then you get down by two with about five minutes left, and the Orange just didn't score in the final four minutes and 23 seconds of the game, and Florida State just kind of did what they needed to do from there and into the game on an 11-0 scoring run. So it's kind of tough because it's sort of a similar script to what they've had in some of these big games. And really the struggles last night was on the offensive end. They've been shooting much better from three-point range as a team lately. Going into last night, the last six games, they were shooting 41% as a team from three. And a lot of that is the Asia Fair and Georgia Woolley really coming on and shooting better as the season has progressed here. But held to just 18% from beyond the arc last night and just couldn't really get the offense going. As you said, another impressive third quarter. Uh, what do you think it is about this particular squad that, that they're a second-half team? Is it adjustments that Felicia Leggett-Jack is making at halftime? Is it, you know, are they are they notoriously starting slow? Like, what, what is it about that, that third quarter? Because it seems like they've, they've been playing very well after halftime of late. Yeah, I think we got to give the credit to the head coach there because even a couple times this season where they've started out in maybe the first two or three minutes and struggled, and that was the case last night. Florida State jumped out to an 8-2 lead, and Coach Jack called timeout at maybe the 7.30 mark of the first quarter. So about two and a half minutes into the game, she cuts an early timeout. And then this is maybe the second or third time this season this has happened, but they come right out of that early timeout after you could tell she was animated and gave kind of a pass in it in the huddle there they come right out and score eight points in a row and they took the lead in the first quarter at one point so I think that's what happened at Notre Dame I'm pretty sure she gave them 
a pretty passionate halftime speech. They were down by 12 on the road against the number 10 team in the country last Sunday or this past Sunday when they came out and won the third quarter by 15 and took a lead going into the fourth quarter. So these third quarters, I think, after Coach Jack makes some adjustments, the team makes some adjustments as a coaching staff, seeing what they had in the first half, they've certainly been very good at adjusting throughout the game. And early in the season, I'd say that a big reason why they were a second-half team is because they were changing up their defense. They were going between player-to-player in a matchup zone defensive look. Now they've kind of stuck with this matchup zone defense, which is Coach Jack's signature defense, and they've gotten better at it as the season has progressed. But again, last night it was more just the offense. They were really watching DeAsia Fair very tightly, and she normally takes a lot of shots. She still got plenty of shots off and was actually pretty efficient, but it felt like she just didn't have the ball in her hands nearly as much as normal because of the tight defense from Florida State. Tim, you said that uh, Syracuse is still looking for that one more signature win to put themselves you know, inside the NCAA tournament field. They're, they're running out of opportunities, right? I mean, they've got a couple games left here in the regular season, Miami at Pittsburgh and then ACC tournament. Uh, where do you foresee that next quality win coming? Is it something they, they'll have to wait until the ACC tournament to get? Yeah, well, I think Miami qualifies as one of those games that definitely probably, I mean, as I'm looking right now, I think this is in order on kind of the first four out. It looks like they're the third team out. So, you know, they're not, quote-unquote, team 69 in the field or just outside. I think if you win that Miami game, which is a game that you're probably hoping to win because it is at home, but Miami has been a better team than Syracuse throughout the season. So that qualifies kind of like the North Carolina game, as winning a game against a team that's better than you, which really all season their story has just been they've taken care of business, they've won the games they've supposed to have won, they've played very well at home, but they go on the road against ranked teams and they can't quite close out the fourth quarter. So if you win that Miami game, I think you're probably literally right on the door, if not inside the NCAA tournament field, and you're you're hanging on for every last word when it's selection Sunday. Pittsburgh... The game after that on the road is the regular season finale. That's a must win, definitely, because Pittsburgh has only had one conference win all season. You beat them really pretty easily when you played them at home. So I think to answer your question, Steve, right now the ACC tournament, they're looking like they're pretty much locked into the nine seed. And whether they play UNC, NC State, they could play Miami again as the eight seed. That'll kind of determine if they need to win more games in the ACC tournament because you're kind of in need of one signature win. I think Miami is not quite fully a signature win, but it helps your cause for sure. So if you finish the regular season 2-0 and and then you do your job in that first round game of the ACC tournament, you're probably inside the projected field will be my best guess right now. All right, let's switch gears. Let's talk some lacrosse now. And you, you talk about signature wins. Uh, you know, this 3-0 and start has been nice. Uh, tomorrow offers this team a, a, a chance at a signature win. We know Maryland is obviously very good and, and fourth in one of the polls. Um I guess let's start with, with these first three games. What what have you learned about this team uh, during this 3-0 and start? I think first and foremost, we've learned that Will Mark is a huge upgrade in that from last year for the Orange, and there was definitely optimism around that going into the season, but he's stopping shots at a 71% clip right now. He's already been given the ACC Defensive Player of the Week Award once so far this season. He's a tall guy that's not afraid to get down low. It feels like he's stopping a lot of shots on the carpet throughout the early part of the season, and 
I think the defense is much improved. They've simplified things defensively in terms of the teams there, and it feels like Coach Petromala has made some changes there. But it certainly helps when you've got guys making saves and stopping shots behind your defense as well. And, and Will Mark is definitely doing that. And Johnny Racusa has been solid. He's at 50% at the faceoff X. That was another new transfer, kind of a question mark going into the season. The first game against Vermont, the offense didn't look great, but since then the ball movement has really picked up, and I think that's more of what we're going to see as the season progresses here, and some of the nerves are kind of off, but now you know you go into a totally different environment for these freshmen tomorrow where it feels like it's not necessarily opening day, but it's another kind of litmus test type of game where there will be enhanced nerves, I think, for the young guys again. You know, we had uh, Gary Gate on the show earlier in the week, and he said there's there's kind of a different vibe around this team uh, than than there was last year. Do you, do you sense that as well, uh, Tim? That you know there is a, a little bit of a different positive energy, and and I guess it's easy to be positive when you're three and zero. But do you sense that 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 there's a different energy around this program right now? Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And talking with Owen Hiltz, who obviously wasn't there able to play last season, but was a big part as a freshman, had one of the more decorated freshman seasons in Syracuse program history. He says there's a different vibe. This is his third year with the program, and he feels like these young guys are coming in just really hungry, and there's a lot of cohesion amongst the group this year. And I think certainly they're looking at this Maryland game as a big opportunity to sort of announce themselves to the national across world. I think they understand that Maryland is the standard in college across now. And Syracuse used to be that standard. And every one of the freshmen, you know, even Joey Spelina, who's the big number one overall recruit, has been pretty vocal about the fact that why'd you pick Syracuse? Well, we want to get Syracuse back to where it needs to be and where it belongs. So this would be a huge step in that direction. And I think just hanging tough with Maryland tomorrow would also sort of prove to the national across world that this young team is sort of ready to go. And some big injury news going into this game, right? The Maryland uh, will be without yeah. its uh, starting goalie. Tell us about that. Yeah, who's you know their national championship winning goalie from last season, McNaney. So that's a huge loss. He certainly looked like he was hurt in the last game when Maryland was shocked by Loyola, an unranked team. They lost that game 12-7, to and he did not look like he was moving like himself. And then it was announced after the game that he's torn his ACL. So now you've got... Teddy Dolan in net for Maryland, who Syracuse has seen, and he had a good game against Syracuse when he was at Binghamton. He's a transfer first year at Maryland and a grad transfer who was at one point the America's Defensive Player of the Year for Binghamton in his junior season, has had very good statistical numbers for Binghamton. So I don't think it's a huge drop-off in net. I mean, this is a guy who was stopping about 56% of shots at him at Binghamton with a much different defense in front of him. Now he's got the Maryland defense in front of him. But in terms of what they returned from last season after a perfect season and a national championship winning season, they returned pretty much all of their core on defense, and they still are probably the best defense in the country. Their question marks more lie on the offensive end so far this season. All right, last one for you, Tim. Uh, What does this game come down to tomorrow? Who wins and why? I think they're going to need a big game from Will Mark again, considering the face-off X is probably going to be slanted towards Maryland. They've got the best face-off man in the country, and Weirman, who's a Tawaraton finalist and pretty much up for any sort of award that you can give to a lacrosse player. So I view Will Mark as going to have to kind of win some possessions back for Syracuse. And then 
how quickly can the young attack and this young offense sort of get into a rhythm and a big stage on the road against an excellent defense. And like I said, I think the goalie position is one thing you say, okay, well, you know, their leading goalie is, is not back from last year, one of the best goalies in the nation, and he was great in the game against Syracuse last year as well when the Orange really played Maryland pretty much as tough as anyone did last season when Maryland went on to their perfect season. But I don't think the goalie is a huge drop-off to the point where they need to change their game plan or anything. It's still going to be a young Syracuse offense going against a very experienced, very proven Maryland defense. So how quickly can they kind of get into a flow of things and make sure that the nerves aren't too much of a factor? Those are going to be some of the keys tomorrow. But I certainly think Syracuse has a chance. It's a big game, and Maryland's coming off a loss. They're back at home. They'll be hungry, but I would expect a close game tomorrow. And I know the basketball game's a big deal tomorrow night, but this would be a huge win for the men's lacrosse program if they would get it. It would certainly be Gary Gates' first signature win. All right, we are looking forward to it. Uh, One o'clock face-off between the Orange and the Terrapins. Uh, Tim, thanks so much for coming on. Please tell Kyle we said hello as well. And uh, have a great <laughs> broadcast, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Yes, Paul, and, and they're using waves, it sounds like, as their GPS. Yes, because I, I heard there was a car on the shoulder. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we're getting notified if there's any police or anything as well. We, yeah. We've All got right. ways locked in here. All thanks, right. guys. Uh, Always appreciate it. All right, thanks, Tim. Uh, we appreciate it as well. Tim Leonard uh, joining us on the show. We'll hit a timeout. we got John Ryan coming up in 15 minutes. We're back after this on ESPN Radio.